Welcome to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation, the future radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Thursday, June 24th, 2021, and we are live. Hope everybody's doing well. It's been a very, very busy day today. If you've been following me on Facebook, you know I did two interviews today earlier with Kenya K. Stevens of the Progressive Love Academy. We had a very interesting conversation um, earlier. We were dealing with, um, well, one of the videos we dealt with um, uh, women and their sexuality and how female orgasms can change the nation. Very interesting. You got to watch that on YouTube and Facebook, <laughs> Facebook fan page, the African History Network. <laughs> it's too hot for 9, 10 a.m., the Superstation WFDF. I told you we talk about sex as well. But we're dealing with sexual health, so very, very good conversation. So on today's show, um, I saw a video, saw an interview that Joanne Reed did, did from... Um, the readout on MSNBC from a couple of days ago. You've heard me call, talk about Christopher Ruffo. So Christopher Christopher Ruffo is one of the leading um, Republican critics of critical race theory. And she interviewed him and totally destroyed him. RawStory.com is an article about this. Watch Joy Reid take down the architect of critical race theory culture. Uh, critical race theory, cultural war and epic debate wasn't much of a debate because Christopher Ruffo does not know what he's talking about. We have that video. I'm going to share that with you. This is an example of how these people, these, these conservatives who are attacking critical race theory can't accurately define what critical race theory is. And they're just, lumping into a uh, under one umbrella different types of conversations about race that they don't like and they're called and they're calling that critical race theory but it's not critical race theory so we'll talk about that and then uh there was an interview that um joy reed did with kimberly crenshaw kimberly crenshaw one of the architects of critical race theory, she coined the term. Uh, back June 21st, uh, Joy Reid did this interview to dispel the myths around critical race theory. Creator of term critical race theory, Kimberly Crenshaw, explains what it really is. Because, you know, we, we've been talking about how you have this uh, well-funded effort to uh, attack uh, critical race theory and to mislabel it and it's being used by Republicans to galvanize uh, their base, their their dwindling base. It's being used by Republicans to galvanize their dwindling base and they're trying to galvanize support for the 2022 midterm elections. Okay, so they're lying about what critical race theory is they are attacking the 1619 project. They're waging these culture wars. And a lot of this has to do with the fear of the browning of America, the backlash of the uh, 
protests during the summer of 2020 surrounding the killing of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, etc. So all this is converging. Okay, all of this is converging. So we're going to discuss that uh, as well. And then uh, on Wednesday, June 23rd, uh, I, we did not get a chance to talk about this on, on our Wednesday show. But a uh, Senate committee finds uh, a Senate committee of uh, Michigan Republicans, uh, three Michigan Republicans and one Democrat, produced a 55-page report uh, by a Michigan State Senate committee. And this 55-page report is a systemic rebuttal to an array of false claims about the 2020 presidential election from Donald Trump and supporters of Donald Trump, like Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, Rudolph Giuliani, okay, um, and other idiots. And this 55-page report systematically goes through and destroys their arguments and rebuts their arguments and shows that they are lying. New York Times has an article, Michigan Republicans debunk voter fraud claims in unsparing report. Michigan Republicans debunk voter fraud claims in unsparing report. Rachel Maddow had a, a big 11 minute segment dealing with this. Um, Jocelyn Benson has been a uh, uh, State of Michigan, uh, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson has been on NS MSNBC talking about uh, this report. So we'll talk a little bit about this as well. They talked about it on WXYZ Channel 7 in Detroit, uh, Wednesday, June 23rd. Senate committee finds no evidence of voter fraud in Michigan during 2020 election. Then we also see Republicans in the Michigan House pass bills to enact strict voter ID laws in Michigan, despite this report, despite this report. OK, no widespread voter fraud, anything like that. They're still pushing this false narrative of the big lie. They're still pushing this false narrative of the big lie. Uh, Detroit Free Press has an article Republicans in Michigan House pass bills to enact strict voter ID laws in Michigan. Now, speaking of little Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, not Rudy from the Cosby show, not Rudy from Fat Albert and the Cosby kids, but Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani uh, had his law license suspended today in New York over bogus election fraud claims. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Oh, what a tangle. Oh, what a tangle web we weave. When first we practice to deceive. We conclude that respondents conduct immediately. We conclude that respondents conduct immediately threatens the public interest and warrants interim suspension from the practice of law pending for pending further proceedings in court. The state of uh, the state appeals court wrote for the state of New York. So his law license has been suspended, rightfully so. 
And the investigation into Lil Rudy continues. I think he's going to end up in prison like Paul Manafort and uh, Michael Corn, But he won't get a presidential pardon. Maybe Donald Trump will end up in a prison cell next to him. Who knows? So we'll talk about that uh, as well. Now, on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's correct your own behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his or her actions. Because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here on the African History Network show. We deal with current events in history and politics, education, economic empowerment, relationships, love, sex, health issues, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828. The sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828. Sign up for our email newsletter. Also visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, and sign up for our email newsletter there as well. Now, we have a a, a new uh, online course starting up Sunday, July 4th, class number one, uh, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time of Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, where they didn't teach you in school. This is a 10-week online course that I teach. We deal with thousands of years of history, and we deal with what led up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. So we just posted the link here. Uh, classes on sale, $80, regularly $130. We do the classes live. All the sessions are recorded. You can go back and watch it over and over again. And deal with what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. We deal with thousands of years of history. We deal with the... Uh, African presence in this country going back at least 51,700 years ago. Um, the Khoisan who come from Southern Africa and go all around the world. We deal with the 800 year occupation of Europe by the Africans known as the Moors. So we deal with ancient African history, uh, ancient Kemet, ancient Egypt, Ta-Nehisi, Nubia, Abyssinia, the great West African empires, Ghana, Songhai, and Mali. We deal with all this history and um, what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. So if you go to our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, and scroll down the page, you'll see the information for a radio show. We're here six days a week. Scroll down, you see the information for the 10-week online course and the flyer here. Click right here on Register Here. It takes you to the next page. This is a uh, 10-week online course, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., uh, 10 consecutive Sundays, about 20 hours of uh teaching click right here to enroll as soon as you register you can start watching you can start watching the content start watching the course and what we're going to do is i'm also going to enroll you in the uh saturday course that meets at 12 noon we have three sessions left for the saturday course so you'll be able to join us for the saturday course you can go back and watch classes one through seven of the saturday course and you'll be enrolled in the sunday course that starts up sunday july 4th 
2021, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with class number one. All right. That's ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Ma'afa. Understand the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach them in school. OK, so I want to jump into um, this first topic here. So there was a um, article from rawstory.com about this beatdown that took place, about this beatdown that took place. Um, watch Joy Reid take down the architect of critical race theory culture war in epic debate. We're going to go to clip one, Shakita. This took place, this beatdown took place June 23rd, okay? Um, Joy Reid dissected uh, Christopher Rufo. He's probably still trying to figure out what happened. Um, so let's just, let's, let's, let's go to this clip here, uh, Shakita. Take it off mute. Ibram Kendi, Dr. Ibram Kendi, the college professor. You call him the guru of critical race theory. So we reached out to him. Uh, I've interviewed him before. So we reached out to him because you say he's the guru of critical race theory. You name him a lot in a lot of your, both in your manifesto or your, your talking points memo, but also in your video. We reached out to him. We asked him, we asked him if he's a critical race theorist. He said, I admire critical race theory, but I don't identify as a critical race theorist. I'm not a legal scholar, so I wasn't trained on critical race theory. I'm a historian. And Chris would know this if he actually read my work or understood that critical race theory is taught in law schools. I didn't attend law school, which is where critical race theory is taught. It's really the only place it's taught. We, 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 NBC is well into everywhere that's not taught in elementary school. But hold on a second. This is the second thing he said, which it's strange to okay, me. Wait, 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 this is late night. This may be the first time that Christopher Rufo, uh, well, how should I put this? I don't know if he's gotten this behind beaten by a black woman before, but if he didn't, it happened right here. You, you, you don't want to go anywhere. We're going to break this down. You listen to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation, The Future Radio, I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music. Black history and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network. Subscribe now. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. 
Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. It is Thursday, June 24th, 2021, and we are live. Uh, calling numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the calling number if you have a question or comment. Now, you know we've been talking a lot about critical race theory here uh, on the show and breaking down the attacks uh, from, uh, the right wing, uh, from, from conservatives on critical race theory, they are, uh, misrepresenting, uh, what critical race theory is. They continue to do that. You know, we talked about, um, we talked about the story is a big 17 page, uh, story from, uh, NBC news that dealt with, uh, critical race theory, and how uh, critical race theory battle invades school boards with help from conservative groups. You know, we talked about this big 17 page expose and how there's about 165 uh, of these groups, well-financed groups that are pushing this battle at school board meetings. They are having people run for school board positions as people resign. And critical race theory is not being taught in K through 12 schools. OK, so uh, this is taking place. Conflicts like this are playing out in cities and towns across the country amid the rise of at least 165 local and national groups that aim to disrupt lessons on race and gender, according to an NBC News analysis and media reports and organizations promotional materials if we go if we go back and look we're going to go back to the clip here in just a second just back it up about 20 30 seconds or so uh shakita but if um we go back and look at uh this article here is from june 15 2021 we talked about this article here when it came out if we look at this piece from it, critical race theory, uh, the name of the article, critical race theory invades uh, school boards with help from conservative groups. Critical race theory invades school boards with help from uh, conservative groups. The the rise of at least 165 local and national groups that aim to disrupt lessons on race and gender, according to an NBC News analysis of media reports and organizations promotional material. So if you go back, it was around June 15th or June 16th that we dealt with this story. Go, go back and watch uh, our show from then. All right. So I want to continue here. Um, and we're going to go back to 
uh, this clip. And if you want, if you read this piece from uh, rawstory.com, watch Joy Reid take down the architect of critical race theory culture culture war in epic battle. She goes through and just totally destroys Christopher Rufo. Okay, uh, let's go back to this clip. racist that, that racism is inherent to whiteness um and that is one of the core charges that you're making about you know these sort of what you consider like sort of woke studies in school this is what abram kendi has said in his own words he said we've been taught that racist is essential to who a person is it's a fixed category it's in someone's heart that's one of the reasons why people are unwilling to or unable to admit the times in which they're being racist, because it's not just admitting I was being racist in that moment. Basically, we're tattooing racist on our forehead for the rest of our lives. Isn't that the opposite of what you're arguing? Well, I'll say two things. First of all, it's very interesting to me that so many people are now running away from the race of uh, the, 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 the label of critical race theory. But I'm, I'm not critical gonna, race theory. Yes, hold on. I'm going to quote two critical race theorists, Barbara Applebaum with the book Being Good, Being White. She says, quote, all white people are racist. Uh, Robin DiAngelo, who's another critical whiteness study scholar, said race that quote, all, all, all white identity is inherently racist. No, well, what you're doing is you're playing a series of word games. No, you know that critical no. whiteness studies That's is a ironic. subfield of critical race theory. No, it's not. Uh, these things are all deeply interrelated. No, they're not. They're and, not. And, and I'm not going to let you play word games. And this is this is no, really, I think, the most me, essential thing. Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. Let me respond not at least once. I no, haven't gotten a full no, no. Because I'm, I'm not going to let you see one of the things that, I, and I don't know, you probably never watched on TV, just, you know, we didn't know who each other were, you know, not so long ago. But I don't allow people to just make up and say lies on the show. It's just not really right to do that and yeah, let sure. people hear. But hold on. Robin D'Angelo is not a critical race theorist. And I want everyone to know that. Robin D'Angelo, I, I don't know who the other woman is, but she's not. But let's just go through a minute because whiteness you know, and racist, whiteness and racist. Sure. Where did the term whiteness come from? Sure, and I think this is an important point, and I hope you let me actually get a full paragraph out about this. Go for it. A whiteness, it, whiteness is the idea that there is some kind of metaphysical category in the world, that all white people are reducible to this essence of whiteness. Then what happens is that they load all of these negative connotations. They say that whiteness is, by definition, that includes white fragility, includes white privilege, includes, includes internalized white superiority. And then what they do is they try to impose these reductive racial categories onto individuals. And I actually agree with Kennedy's approach. I think that we should fight race essentialism. But the problem is that critical race theory enshrines race essentialism. You and you see it in schools. And, 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 and I'll give you three examples of no. critical race theory being taught in schools. Hold on one second. Wait, in hold Cupertino, California. These are in your talking points, sir. Chris, these are in your talking points. And I know what you're going to say because you said it with Mark Lamont Hill. You repeat these same things. They're in this manifesto. People can read it online. Let me just go for a second. On the subject of whiteness, are you aware, since you say that, I guess you're, you're sort of a quasi-historian in your, in your thinking, that whiteness was actually formed in the United States, that whiteness didn't even exist as a thing. Europeans were all European. They considered themselves Italian or Polish or whatever. When, when the colonists came here, they actually created the idea of whiteness. This is from the, uh, from the sure. Smithsonian. That's that. a way to distinguish themselves from what they call the savages, the natives, and from black people, from Africans, who even if you had a little African in you, you know, if you're Plessy, who's seven-eighths white, if you are African in any aspect, that you are reduced of rights. 
So people that you don't like that are doing this sort of wokeness training are saying whiteness has always had power. There used to be a saying, I'm free white and 18. It was commonly said in the 50s and 60s, 40s, 50s and 60s. So whiteness has power. So people who don't, who want to decouple whiteness from power. So pause it right there, Shakita. Pause it right there. Pause it right there for a minute. You did a speech. Hold on. You did a speech. Okay, just back it up about 20, 30 seconds or so. So when you go through and listen to this, we're gonna, I'm going to post this article. I want you to go through and read this and, and watch this entire segment that Joy Reid did. She totally dissected Christopher Rufo. Now, I told you Christopher Rufo is an idiot. I told you he's an idiot. We've been talking about him here on this show, okay? And these are the people who are funded to attack critical race theory. Go read this 17 page expose by NBC news. All this is geared towards galvanizing the dwindling Republican base for the 2022 midterm elections. Critical race theory battle invades school boards with help from conservative groups in towns nationwide, well-connected conservative activists, well-connected conservative activists, and Fox News have ramped up the tension in fights over race and equity in schools. Most of these people can't even tell you what critical race theory is. Okay. So what is cr critical race theory? So glad you asked. We dealt with this a number of times here on the show. If we go back and look at the article from blacknewschannel.com and we look at the brilliant takedown, uh, that Dr. Mark, uh, Dr. Mark Lamont Hill did of our good friend, dumbass Vernon Jones, former Georgia State Representative Vernon Jones, who was a Democrat, Trump supporter, became a Republican. We go back and look at this one here. Rep, uh, Rep Vernon Jones wants to ban critical race theory, can't define what it is, like most Republicans can't define what it is. Critical race theory is a legal analysis on the premise that race is a social construct meaning that it's created by society. Race is created by society. There's only one race, the human race. Okay. Critical race theory is a legal analysis on the premise that race is a social construct that is used to oppress people of color, non-white people, rather than a natural biological feature. So you, you have people who don't want to talk about systemic racism. They don't want to talk. They don't want to deal with racism being a system of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race. They want to deal with individual acts. They don't want to deal with uh, understanding how laws and policies are used to maldistribute wealth, wealth, power, resources to the hands of Europeans. They don't want to talk about uh, white privilege. All right. And and one of the ways they try to shut down the conversation is by lying and saying that. If you teach about systemic racism to better understand it so that we can dismantle it so that we can correct it. Teaching, teaching about systemic racism, talking about systemic racism, racism is itself promoting racism. No, it's not. Nobody says if you teach about the Holocaust, you're promoting the Holocaust. No, no, nobody, nobody says something like that. That's ridiculous. Critical race theory is a, a legal analysis. And this comes from Encyclopedia Britannica. On the premise that race is a social construct that is used to oppress people of color rather than a natural biological feature. Quote, critical race theorists hold that the law and legal institutions in the United States are inherently racist insofar as they function to create and maintain social 
economic and political inequalities between white whites and non-whites, especially African-Americans. So you have a lot of people who are afraid to talk about this and they are attacking teaching about they're attacking teaching about uh, slavery, uh, systemic racism in schools. OK, and we've seen a number of different states, whether it's Florida, whether it's Texas, et cetera, pass laws uh, uh, dealing with this. We saw the big story from uh, The New York Times dealing with uh, Texas and Texas pushes to obscure the state's history of slavery and, and racism. OK, and the way Texas and and California and New York go with their textbooks and, and what's being taught in schools, other states follow along with this. Texas pushes to obscure the state's history of slavery and racism. Texas is awash in bills aimed at fending off critical examinations of the state's past. All right. Now, Juneteenth ties directly into this argument, ties directly into this history. Juneteenth, June 19th, 1865. And where? Galveston, Texas. And Texas comes into the Union in 1845 as a slaveholding state. Texas wins its independence from Mexico in 1836. And we know that um, Mexico, we talked about on yesterday's show, Vicente Guerrero, the first, the, well, he was the second president of Mexico, and he was of African descent. When he becomes president in 1829, he abolishes slavery. Okay? But we know that uh, uh, those in Texas want to have slavery. And when they come into the Union, to come into become part of the United States as an actual state, they come in as a slaveholding state. This is the year before the Mexican-American War of 1846 to 1848. All this history is connected. This is connected to the history of the Texas State Constitution of 1876 that had the all-white primaries, okay? The all-white primaries that, that we've been talking about. And like the all-white primary of 1918 and uh, Rachel Maddow on... Um, the Rachel Maddow show did, 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 did a story about a month ago dealing with the uh, uh, all white primaries. All right. So all of this history is connected when we deal with the history of Juneteenth. Juneteenth connects you to the, the fight over reparations. It deals with uh, slavery, the Civil War, Reconstruction, the attack on voting rights. Uh, the Mississippi State Constitution of 1890, the poll taxes and literacy tests. Uh, all of this deals with Juneteenth and commemorating Juneteenth and correcting the history. We have to correct the history of Juneteenth and protect the history of Juneteenth. And what it does is with Juneteenth becoming a federal holiday now, what it does is it forces America to have a conversation about a history that Republicans are passing laws to suppress the teaching of. Republicans are passing laws in various states to suppress the teaching of this history. And if you go back and just look, what happened over the past few days then with Juneteenth, all these articles were written, all these news stories that took place, local news, national news, MSNBC, CNN, even Fox News. They're forced to deal with this history. Now, some of what they said, misunderstanding the Emancipation Proclamation, no, it did not free the enslaved Africans, but it's forcing a conversation and they're going to have to deal with this every year. Every year. And we're going to deal with. Uh, Juneteenth, and then we deal with uh, June 1st, the Tulsa Race Massacre commemoration. That is a, a that's going to be a commemoration each year because Biden signed a proclamation making that a, a national day of remembrance, June 1st. So we're going to deal with June 1st each year, June 19th each year, 
And all that takes place in the month of June, which is also Black Music Month. So this is forcing America to have a reckoning with, with, with its history. And this is a conversation that many people don't want to have. But you have to have this conversation. You have to have this conversation. So read this article from the New York Times. Texas pushes to obscure the state's history of slavery and racism. All right. So if we look at Christopher Rufo, I want to look at these these tweets here from him that uh, Joy Reid is breaking down. Uh, Well, actually, I want to go back to uh, this is a, a tweet from. Uh, this is a famous tweet that you heard when I was on uh, Roland Martin, the filtered a couple of uh, weeks ago. Uh, this is the tweet Roland was looking for and uh, he couldn't find it. I, I had it. And you see this uh, tweet talked about a lot in um, cable news. This is from March 15th, 2021. We've talked about this tweet a number of times here on this show. This is from Christopher Rufo. who got who got his behind beaten by uh, Joy Reid. He said, now this is from March 15, 2021. He said, the goal is to have the public read something crazy in the newspaper and immediately think critical race theory. We have decodified the term and will recodify it to annex to annex the entire range of cultural constructions that are unpopular with Americans. So basically what he's saying is, all these things that are race that are unpopular with uh, with Americans. We're just going to throw these under the umbrella of critical race theory. It's not critical race theory. They're just going to rebrand it as critical race theory. This becomes a new boogeyman for Republicans to then attack because they're not pushing policies. They're not pushing policies that are beneficial to even their own constituents for the most part. They're not pushing policies, you know, to, 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 to help the average American. So what they're doing is fighting these culture wars. OK, now they, they now they, they've been talking against cancel culture. Right. Until they canceled Liz Cheney for not going along with the big lie and stripped her of her uh, congressional chair. OK, they, they were they were speaking out against cancel culture until they canceled Liz Cheney. The, the policies that African-Americans are advocating for, they keep voting against. So this is the game that they're playing and we see it's a well-funded game also. And that's what we dealt with back on um, June 5th, June 15th. When this, when this expose came out from uh, NBC news, critical race theory battle invades school boards with help from conservative groups. Okay. You have to see how all this is tied together. Um, and in the article, they talk about, let's see, scroll down. Um, activists and parents have launched 50 recall efforts this year aimed at unseating 126 school board members, according to a new report from Ballotpedia, a website that tracks U.S. politics and elections. Uh, most of these recalls, which already surpassed the record for a single year, started as objections to COVID-19 restrictions. But five of the most recently launched campaigns, including a particular contentious fight in Loudoun, Loudoun County, Virginia, include concerns about critical race theory. But critical race theory is not being taught in schools. So what's the concern? 
they go on to talk about um, conflicts like this. Let me scroll down. And try to find this here. Um, conflicts like this are playing out in cities and towns across the country amid the rise of at least 165 local and national groups. And let me right here. Conflicts like this are playing out in cities and towns across the country amidst the rise of at least 165 local and national groups that aim to disrupt, pay close attention to this, these groups, these well-funded groups, national and local groups, they aim to disrupt lessons on race and gender, according to an NBC News analysis of media reports and organizations' promotional materials, reinforced by conservative think tanks, law firms, and activist parents. These groups have found allies in families frustrated over COVID-19 restrictions in schools and have weaponized and have weaponized the rights opposition, the rights opposition to critical race theory, turning it into a political rallying point. But most of these people can't tell you what critical race theory is. This is the agenda. This is the agenda to obfuscate, to distort what critical race theory is, to make it what you want it to be and use that as a boogeyman to attack, to galvanize your base for. And this is all geared towards the 2022 midterm election. That's what this is about. This is about power. This is about fighting for raw naked power by any means necessary. Let's go back to this clip, Shakita. Press play and take it off mute, please. Whiteness has always had power. There used to be a saying, I'm free white and 18. It was commonly said in the 50s and 60s, 40s, 50s and 60s. So whiteness has power. So people who don't, who want to decouple whiteness from power, that's what you're annoyed by, right? Let me play a little bit of what you said. You did a speech. Hold on. You did a speech uh, at the Claremont Institute in which you talked a little bit about how you really feel about the academics of it. Here it is. Um, this is cut. Uh, da, 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 da. I think this is. Uh, is it three? Yeah, go for it. Play it. I'm a white guy fighting critical race theory. You identify as white? Uh, I mean, I'm an Italian American. So you tell me. Lumping people into white, black, Asian, as you suggested, is such a crude and broad categorization. There's these like very uh, kind of pathetic and very, you know, angry graduate students uh, that, that, you know, try to fight me on these highly technical, uh, you know, Hegel interpretations. And it's like, I don't have time for this. I don't give a about this stuff. <laughs> so you don't give an S about this stuff. You're really just having a campaign to take everything that annoys white no, Americans. That's and white right. No, Hold that's on. not right. You no. want to make a campaign I mean, and stuff everything in there. You played my highlight reel. You played my highlight reel. Give me a chance to respond. And you no, want to it all into critical race theory, right? What I don't think is right is that 
forcing eight-year-olds in Cupertino, California, to deconstruct their racial identities That's and then rank themselves according theory. to power and privilege. Power and privilege. It's mm-hmm. intersectionality theory, which was invented That's by Kimberly Crenshaw. That's intersectionality, so it's a separate thing. Intersectionality is a separate thing. Race theory. No, it's not. You, you had her on it's your not. show. You know this. Yes. Yeah. She invented both things. She invented both things. What you've done in tonight's segment is exactly what I'm fighting against. I'm fighting against the manipulation of language. I'm fighting right. against you're, you're fighting against wokeness and, and you don't like corporate wokeness. All of that. I get euphemistic it. terms I get with subversive right. content. Uh, because otherwise, you just say whatever you want and then you back away from it and you yeah. dance around it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to happen. Let, Parents all over this country, they know, the they know what's happening in schools. They know what's happening in their public institutions. And you're uh-huh. seeing people revolt against this yeah. divisive identity politics. Uh, and, and you can dance all you want. Uh, but you're not going to stop people from understanding what's happening I in actually, their classrooms. I actually appreciate that you said that because, Christopher, what you basically, and if you admit it yourself, that you've taken all of these sort of wokeness moments, corporate wokeness, uh, the corporate sort of woke money, woke capital, the things that annoy conservatives, and you've stuffed it all into the name critical race theory. It's really like, it's, it's like Christopher Rufo theory. You stuffed it all in. Here's what you said. You tweeted this. The hey, activist, listen, hold on, hold on one second. I'm going to read you to you, out. and then you can respond to it. I'm going to read you to you, and then you respond to it. The activists are realizing that their ideas, once put into practice, are generating discontent, which is you just described. Their racial coalition true. is also breaking apart. Asian Americans in particular are revolting against CRT, which is really Christopher Rufo theory because you made it up, uh, is punishing them more than any other. The group. Then you said we have successfully frozen their brand, critical race theory, into the public conversation and are steadily driving up negative perception. We will eventually turn it toxic as we put all the various cultural insanities under that brand category. The goal is yep. to have the public read something crazy in the newspaper and immediately think critical race theory. We have decodified the term and will recodify it to annex the entire range of cultural constructions that are unpopular with Americans. Aren't you just taking wokeness stuff that annoys you and calling it critical race theory? No, not at, not at all. The idea of the codification and decodification of language comes from the critical pedagogist Paulo Freire. And my strategy now is you're to doing, take Now these, you're doing pedagogy, Christopher? Yes. Come on. To take these techniques and use them against their own ideology. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, Joy, my strategy has been enormously successful. According to the Economist oh, magazine poll, mm-hmm. 64% of Americans now know what critical race theory is. No, they know what critical race theory is. Of which 58% of them You made up your own thing, you made up your own thing. You admitted you were going to do it. And I'm going to give you credit for one thing. You did create your own thing. Not a lot of guys in their 30s have created their own thing, labeled it something that already existed as a name, slapped that brand name on it, and turned it into a successful political strategy. You've done that. It's creating a lot of hell at school board meetings, but you did accomplish that. So, Christopher Rufo, thank you, man. Thank you for being here. Well, Joy, I appreciate it. And I'll give you the position as the most uh, prestigious Christopher Rufo theory scholar uh, in the world. I hope next time. You give me a, at least a chance to complete two sentences. I think it'll be a lot more not, fun. Not, well, not if you're going to we'll do try again points. next time. There were your talking yeah, we'll points. People can read your talking points online because they're online as well. You can read all of them. Thank you very much, Christopher. Okay. So w- what we saw here was Christopher showed how ignorant he was. Number one, when Joy Reid asked the question about the origins of the term whiteness, 
he couldn't explain the origins of the term whiteness because whiteness originates here in the U.S. That comes about after Bacon's rebellion in 1675 to 1676 in the colony of Virginia. And the term white is going to come into existence about the term 1680, around the time 1680, 1681, to break up the alliance between white indentured servants and enslaved Africans because they united in Bacon's rebellion because they realized they had a common oppressor. Prior to Bacon's rebellion, the, the uh, who we call Europeans or white people in this country, they referred to as English or Christians. They, 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 the term white wasn't wide, was not in widespread usage. And he never defined what critical race theory is because he doesn't know. So this is what's happening. Okay, they're lying and they're using the media to propagate this. Uh, we talked about, we're going to go to clip two, uh, Shakita, very quickly here. Uh, Joy Reid interviewed uh, Kimberly Crenshaw, who created the term critical race theory to break down what it is and what it isn't. Okay, for, for uh, people like um, um, uh, Christopher Rufo. Okay, uh, maybe we need to get a coloring book for people who have a low intelligence level like Christopher Rufo get a coloring book about what critical race theory is and what it isn't. But if we go and look at the article from uh, media matters and uh, mediamatter.org, uh, we talked about this a couple of days ago and Fox news has, um, it was a uh, yeah, media matter. Uh, I think it was media matters. Uh, it was, but Fox news has used the term critical race theory about 1300 times. Okay. Uh, and they've had a huge increase in the usage of the term uh, critical race theory. I want to try to pull up that article here. Um, it was from Media Matters. We'll, we'll, we'll try to put that up here in just a second. But uh, let's go to uh, clip two, Shakita. GOP freak out over critical race theory. It's everywhere. and it was even used as a GOP call to arms at a conservative Christian conference last week. The old Marxism used economics to gain control. The new Marxism, the new Marxism uses identity politics. And the result is something that looks nothing like America. There's no reason to believe that this new Marxism will result in anything but what the old Marxism resulted in. Critical race theory is racism, pure and simple. And it should be rejected by every American of every race. And let me tell you right now, critical race theory is bigoted, it is a lie, and it is every bit as racist as the Klansmen and white chiefs. Okay, but here's pa pa pause it right there, Shakita. Pause it right there. This is the result of a highly manufactured. Well, that last hit that you heard, that was Lion Ted Cruz. You see why they call him Lion Ted Cruz. This is how ignorant you heard Mike Pence, hang him high, Mike Pence. You heard little Marco Rubio, and you heard Lion Ted Cruz. And all of what they said about critical race theory is false. Um, read this article here from Media Matters. Uh, .org, mediamatters.org. Fox has mentioned critical race theory nearly, nearly 1,300 times in the past 3.5 months. Okay. Uh, let's go back to the clip. Highly manufactured strategy. 
created by seasoned political operatives looking for the perfect wedge issue to take back power. Something to combat the energy of the multiracial coalition that took Georgia and something to replace Blue Lives Matter, since January 6th exposed that slogan as a sham. Conservatives in Congress took note and started chattering, which was then ingested into the feeder system of Fox News. The tagline disseminated and the war against critical race theory took off. No one wants a boogeyman near their kids and certainly not in their classroom. The operatives know this. Those fears got played up, and now along with the fear of trans kids taking over junior high handball, parents are fighting with school boards in, in cities and towns across the country over curricula that they believe teaches white kids that they are racist. None of this is actually happening. But who cares about a little old thing like the truth when you have the perfect campaign buzzword for 2022? It even has the magic word in it, race. Joining me now is Kimberly Crenshaw, co-founder and executive director of the African-American Policy Forum and the legal scholar who coined the term critical race theory. Uh, so it is your fault, madame. Uh, you know, I, I tripped over the curb this morning and I went, critical race theory? Damn you! It, did it, it does everything bad. I mean, and the cicadas, y'all really need to stop with the cicadas, critical race theory. That's not nice. Um, so everything in the bag, everything in the bag. <laughs> so I just wrote down a few of the notes of what people are calling um, critical race theory. Marxism, racism, bigoted. Uh, let's let's start with the Marxism. That's their favorite one. They're using that every single time. Uh, and I, I hate to ask you, I hate to ask dumb questions. So please don't think that I'm dumb. <laughs> Is critical race theory well, Marxism? Well, you know what? Here's Here's the thing, Joy. Um, critical race theory is not so much a thing. It's a way of looking at a thing. It's a way of looking at race. It's a way of looking at why after so many decades, centuries, actually, since the emancipation, we have patterns of inequality that are enduring. They are stubborn. And the point of critical race theory originally was to think and talk about how law contributed to the subordinate status of African Americans, of indigenous people, and of an entire uh, group of people who were, were coming to our shores uh, from from Asia. All right, um, pause it right there, Shakita. All right, those, those watching on Facebook and YouTube, uh, keep watching our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, and our YouTube channel, Mike Lim Hotel. Keep watching. We're out of time here on 19 a.m. Superstation WFTF. We'll try to play this clip again tomorrow night. Uh, we're going to keep broadcasting. Uh, be sure to register for my uh, new online course, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Starts up Sunday, July 4th, 2021, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right now, it's correct your own behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Peace. All right, stand by. Stand by. Let's, uh, we're going to continue here. And uh, we just posted the link. You can register for um, the uh, online course that I teach. And as soon as you register, we're also going to enroll you in uh, the Saturday course that's taking place Saturday, uh, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have three more sessions of the Saturday course. And uh, you can uh, watch the classes one through seven that are archived of the Saturday course. You can join us live. Um, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Saturday course of uh, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, uh, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, where they didn't teach you in school. And then we have class number one starting up of our Sunday session, Sunday, July 4th, 
2021, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you'll be able to take advantage of both of those courses. And the um, even after the course is over with, you still have access to the class. You can still watch it. All right. We do the classes live. All the sessions are recorded. So you can watch them over and over again. You can watch them around the world. All right. Uh, I want to go back to this clip here. I want to go back to this clip here. Let me cue this up. What people are calling um, critical race theory, Marxism, racism, bigoted. Uh, let's let's start with the Marxism. That's their favorite one. They're using that every single time. Uh, and I, I hate to ask you, I hate to ask dumb questions. So please don't think that I'm dumb. <laughs> Is critical race theory well, Marxism? Look, you know what? Here's here's the thing, Joy. Um, critical race theory is not so much a thing. It's a way of looking at a thing. It's a way of looking at race. It's a way of looking at why after so many decades, centuries, actually, since the emancipation, we have patterns of inequality that are enduring. They are stubborn. And the point of critical race theory originally was to think and talk about how law contributed to the subordinate status of African-Americans, of indigenous people, and of an entire uh, group of people who were, were coming to our shores uh, from, from Asia. Um, and the point was, quite frankly, to understand the problem in order to intervene in it, to understand why the greatest... Uh, uh, hopes for our republic were not being realized, even though these hopes were encoded in law. So critical race theory just inherits the uh, beliefs and the hopes of Frederick Douglass, of, of Martin Luther King, who basically want the law to do for the freed people what the law did for enslavers. And we picked that up in the 70s and 80s after the civil rights movement to say, okay, so now we've had this big civil rights movement. We have all these laws in the books, um, but things really aren't looking as different as they should if we are really the society that we say we are. So we put about the, the task of understanding how law wasn't just the neutral referee. Um, law wasn't always on our side. In fact, law was less on our side than four on our side. And we wanted to tell these stories in order to do better with the promises that are embedded in the Constitution. That's what's in critical race theory. So is critical race theory, does, is there a K through 12 curriculum <laughs> that right now is being taught? I'm sorry. I know it's a dumb question, but uh, is there a K through 12 curriculum on critical race theory that's being taught in schools around this country? Well, look, Joy, if it was news to most Americans that critical race theory was in K through 12, it was news to me, too. I'm one of the co-authors of one of the few books on critical race theory. I think I would know if we were being taught in K through 12. I mean, basically, critical race theory, classic critical race theory is a law school course. And it's really, you know, not taught as widely as I would hope it would. Yeah. But here's the deal. This is not about whether anything called critical race theory is NK through 12. What they're calling critical race theory doesn't exist anyway. It is a backlash effort to reverse the racial reckoning unlike any we've seen in our lifetime. And as you pointed out at the beginning, they can't say, you know, we're for racism. They can't say Derek Chauvin should have killed George Floyd with his hand in his pocket, looking like he was completely uh, without a care in the world. They couldn't say that. 
So they 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 looked around and found a, a strange sounding theory that they could put all of the grievances and uh, resentments in and mobilize people around this boogeyman. And if yep. and, and if if our side can't really understand what's going on, it's going to work. It's worked in the past. It, yeah. it worked to end reconstruction, and it can work to end this reckoning too. And uh, the, a gentleman named uh, Christopher Rufo, who's very vigorously uh, requested to be on the show, we're gonna we're gonna take him up on it and let him come on uh, this week and, and invite him on. He literally said we've successfully frozen their brand, critical race theory, into the public conversation and are steadily driving up negative perceptions. We will eventually turn it toxic as we put all the cu- various cultural insanities under that brand category. To wit, Fox News has mentioned critical race theory nearly thirteen hundred times in the past three and a half months. And we've now discovered that a lot of these parents that are showing up at school boards uh, in vain against their children being taught that they're, you know, racist, turns out they are actually Republican activists, not just regular old parents. Um, Big surprise there, right? (laughs) Yeah, it it is not not surprising at all. Uh, So I guess I I guess my last question to you would be, what do you worry is 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 sort of the purpose of what they're trying to do? This is political. It is about getting out the white voters in 2022. Is there a bigger risk uh, to naming critical race theory as some sort of Marxist plot? Well, of course. I mean, the, the, the biggest risk is that this tried and true framing of anti-racism as racist against white people is going to win again. It won at the end of the Civil War when civil rights were framed as reverse discrimination against white people. It won after Brown versus Board of Education when integration was framed as damaging uh, white children. And it could win now if people don't wake up and have a sense of what's at stake. So yeah, you're going to hear all these stories, cherry pick stories. Turns out a lot of them were not verifiable that, that the other side is putting out there you're not going to hear and you should what is happening with these bands you're not going to hear that an essay by Tanahisi Coates was the reason why a school teacher was fired you're not going to hear about the affinity groups in in colleges and universities and the programs the educational programs um, that are, are being canceled so we need to see materially what this is doing in order to weigh into this. If anyone was mobilized by last year, if anyone is concerned about what they saw on January 6th, then you are on our side with this and you need to get involved. All right. So that was Kimberly Crenshaw who coined the term critical race theory, breaking it down, explaining what it is, what it isn't. You have a whole lot of scared people running around, listening to Fox News, listening to right-wing conservative media, being scared to death of something that's not even being taught in K through 12. And it's something not to be, it's nothing to be afraid of. But this is geared towards winning the 2022 midterm elections. All right. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk some more about that probably tomorrow. I want to shift gears here. Uh, once again, visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, uh, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register for the uh, new online course uh, that I teach on. Uh, it's, it's starting up on Sundays, um, twelve uh, it's 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, where they didn't teach you in school. 
So we deal with thousands of years of history. We deal with what uh, led up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. You scroll down the page. We have the information here. Class number one starts up Sunday, July 4th, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Click right here to register here and click on enroll. As soon as you uh, enroll, you can start watching the course content. All right. We have uh, bonus content there and we're going to enroll you in our current 12, uh, our current uh, Saturday course. That means Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have three more sessions of the Saturday course. All those we do the classes live. All those sessions are recorded as well. As soon as you register, you can go back and watch classes one through seven of the Saturday course. And then you'll be uh, also enrolled in the new Sunday uh uh, section of the class that starts up with class number one, Sunday, July 4th, the 4th of July, Sunday, July 4th, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we deal with um, thousands of years of history, what led up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. This is one of the books I use in the class as reference. Uh, the first Americans, the first Americans were Africans documented evidence by Dr. David M. Hotel. The first Americans were Africans documented evidence by Dr. David M. Hotel. And um, when you register for the class, you'll be able to watch the interview. Uh, he spoke to our class June 12th, our Saturday class. He spoke to our class Saturday, June 12th, because we also have guest speakers in the class as well. And he we dealt with the African presence in this country going back at least 51,700 years ago. He talked about two, uh, new archaeological discoveries that show an African presence in Mexico going back at least 250,000 years ago. 51,000 years ago was before Native Americans came into existence. The, the original Americans were, were African people. And we deal with this in the class. Um, archaeologist Nubia Wartford also spoke to our class as well. She's an, she's an African female, African-American female archaeologist who goes to the Sudan to um, do uh, archaeological digs. She did a presentation on uh, the origins of ancient Kush and the African queens of antiquity. Okay. So she spoke to our class as well. So you'll be able to watch that um, um, class also and watch her presentation. All right. So we have guest speakers. We I, I do a PowerPoint presentation. We do uh, a timeline of history dealing with uh, hundreds of thousands of years of history. Uh, so I show you a timeline of history also. And we have book references, articles, video clips. It's a 10 week online course that I teach. I've been teaching this class since 2017. Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa understand the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school. And the class has evolved since I originally started teaching the class also. We have a better laptop, better equipment, a lot more information. Um, so when we study the transatlantic slave trade, we can't start talking about it in 1441 with the Portuguese going into uh, Mauritania. We can't start in uh, 1619 in Virginia with those 20 and odd Africans on the white lion pirate ship uh, coming originally from Angola. Uh, we, we have to deal with thousands of years of history and we have to deal with a chronology of history and what leads to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. And we also have to deal with the 800 year occupation of Europe by the Africans known as the Moors because the Moors are teaching, taking the teachings from ancient Kemet, ancient Egypt and the Nile Valley region of Africa into Europe. And these teachings are going to bring Europe out of the dark ages. All right. Okay. So be sure to register for that uh, online course. All right. Uh, I want to go to 
this uh, I want to go to this next topic here. Some some of you all may have seen uh, stories on Wednesday, June uh, 23rd, dealing with um, a report that came out in Michigan. Um, it was a committee led by Michigan Republicans on Wednesday, June 23rd. They published an extraordinary uh, report debunking uh, voter fraud claims in the state of Michigan delivering a comprehensive rebuke to a litany of accusations about improprieties in the 2020 election and its aftermath. So 55 page report. And uh, it go through and systematically destroy these uh, idiotic arguments that Republicans like Donald Trump were lying about Mike Lindell, the uh, my pillow guy, uh, Rudy Giuliani, who got stripped of his law license today. Okay, that's called karma. That's called karma. There's going to be more. There's more in store for little Rudy. New York Times has a big article dealing with this. And also WXYZ Channel 7 in Detroit has a story dealing with this as well. But New York Times has a big article. Michigan Republicans debunk voter fraud claims in unsparing report. Michigan Republicans debunk voter fraud claims in unsparing report. The report produced by a GOP led committee in the state Senate exposes exposes false claims made about the 2020 election by Trump allies in Michigan and other states. Uh, I want to go to this um, clip here from. Uh, we're going to try to cue this up from WXYZ Channel 7 uh, in Detroit. Let's try to cue this up. But while we wait on that to um, queue up, I want to look at this article here from um, New York Times. So uh, a committee led by Michigan Republicans on Wednesday published an extraordinary debunking of voter fraud claims, uh, of voter fraud claims in the state, delivering a comprehensive rebuke to a litany of accusations and improprieties uh, in the 2020 election and its aftermath. The 55 page report produced by a Michigan state Senate committee of three Republicans and one Democrat is a systematic rebuttal to an array of false claims about election, uh, about, uh, about the election from supporters of former president Benedict Donald, the traitor in chief, Donald Trump. The authors of the report focus overwhelmingly on Michigan. Okay. The authors of the report focus overwhelmingly on Michigan, but they also expose lies perpetuated about the vote counting process in uh, Georgia. And we know uh, Donald Trump was leaning on Brad Raffensperger the secretary of state of Georgia to find 11,780 votes. I think it was okay. Uh, one more vote than what Biden got to try to overturn election results. Now the report uh, is unsparing in its criticism of those who have uh, promoted false theories about the election. 
It debunks claims from Trump allies, including Mike Lindell, the chief executive of MyPillow, Rudy Giuliani, who got stripped of his uh, law license today in the state of New York, uh, and Donald Trump himself. Yet while the report eviscerates claims about election fraud, its authors also use the allegations of election fraud to urge their legislative colleagues to change Michigan's voting laws to make absentee voting harder and limit the availability of drop boxes for absentee ballots as Republicans have done in other swing states as they try to limit voting. So even though the evidence has come in to show that these people were lying and there's no widespread voter fraud in these, all these claims, this report goes through systematically debunks all those Republicans are still using the big lie. Republicans here in the state of Michigan are still using the big lie to then push for these voter restriction bills like we see in other states because they know because they know they can't win elections without these voter restriction bills. They know it's going to be a backlash in 2022. So, so they know they have to have these voter restriction laws to win elections. They're not proposing policies that are beneficial in general to everyday Americans, everyday Michiganders. They're not. Okay. I want to go to this clip here from uh, WXYZ Channel 7 in Detroit. Before we begin this afternoon with the long-awaited results of the investigation into allegations of voter fraud in the 2020 presidential election here in Michigan. Thank you for joining us for 7 After News at 5. I'm Glenda Lewis. And I'm Alan Campbell. Now the Republican-led probe rebuking numerous claims made by the Trump campaign. The 35-page report found no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Claims of votes from dead people found to be false, as also were claims of a fraudulent ballot dump at TCF Center in Detroit. And now this report pits Michigan GOP members against former President Donald Trump, who's repeatedly touted those claims. President Biden defeated former President Trump by 154,000 votes here in Michigan. 7 Action News reporter Jim Kirstner joins us live outside TCF Center in downtown Detroit, where some of those fraud allegations were made. Jim? The site made national news with what went on inside and out here on the street. People saying, stop the steal. There's no evidence that there is some sort of organized or widespread effort to defraud the election. The TCF Center was turned into Detroit Election Central chaos, where the November presidential votes were tallied. Detroit police escorted out Republican poll watchers. They were forced to look in through the windows. The committee report says the clerks need to do a much better job allowing the watchers, recruiting them. And it also says Republicans need to repudiate people who created a panic. Call went out, hey, get down here. Something bad's happening, and more people came than could be handled. There's voter fraud going on in here. I was called in to come down here at noon. There were big protests outside the TCF Center and more. When this video was put on social and right-wing media, it went viral. It was retweeted by President Trump's son. It was purported to be a ballot dump in the middle of the night to give the election to Biden. I get in the car, and I see him, like, drop the box. This was really a Channel 7 News photographer carrying his gear inside for morning reports. 
The Oversight Committee held hearings. One of those testifying was former State Senator the Patrick Colbeck from Metro Detroit. He also Congress. criticized how the story was being told. The media is going to have to be uh, held accountable for going off and pushing the narrative that Joe Biden is president-elect. Another stop the steel rally outside the TCF Center vowed to continue the fight for Trump. Some of these people are now calling the Republican Committee report and the chairman, Senator Ed McBroom, a sellout. As we dug into these things and went down any rabbit hole or trail, however, you, whatever metaphor you like, we consistently came up against irrefutable and demonstrable facts that repudiate the speculation and the theories. Former Senator Patrick Colbeck responded to me in an email saying this report has shoddy work and it contains logistical inconsistencies. He might have more to say later. The chairman says that they are urging the Michigan Attorney General to investigate people who made false claims and collected money for possible crimes, but they are not naming anyone specifically and they are not in a position to do that. The report does suggest stopping mass mailings of absentee ballot applications but it is not recommending a forensic audit, and it is not recommending stronger voter ID requirements. Reporting live downtown, Jim Kurtzner, 7 Action News. All right, Jim, thank you for the update there. And remember, now you can read the full report from the Michigan Senate Oversight Committee right now on our website, WXYZ.com. Okay, so that's from WXYZ Channel 7 in Detroit. Um, check out the article from uh, WXYZ. It has that clip in it that uh, we just shared with you. A Senate committee finds no evidence of voter fraud in Michigan during 2020 election. Okay. And this is the same story from uh, the New York Times. New York Times goes more in depth into some of this. Senate committee finds no evidence of voter fraud in Michigan during 2020 uh, election. This is from. Uh, June 23rd, Wednesday, June 23rd, 2021, WXYZ.com, uh, Channel 7 here in Detroit. Okay, I, I want to go back to the article from um, uh, New York Times. And let's see here. Let me see. Uh, yeah, okay, check that out. And they have... Um, they have the report here. You can read the 55 page report here. They have the link to it also in the article from uh, WXYZ Channel 7, as well as the New York Times. They have the um, uh, the article here. They have the full study here also. All right. If we go back to the piece from uh, the New York Times very quickly. Michigan Republicans debunk fraud claims in unsparing report. Uh, I want to go and look at. Uh, I want to go and look at page two of the report. So on Thursday, uh, Donald Trump issued a blistering statement. On Thursday, Donald Trump issued a blistering statement attacking state senator uh, Michigan state senator Ed McBroom the chairman of the committee that produced the report 
and State Senator Mike Shirky, the majority leader, both Republicans. Donald Trump listed the two senators. Now, this is how petty this is. This is a sick, sick man. He needs help. Luckily, luckily for him, Obamacare covers pre-existing conditions. Luckily for Trump, Obamacare covers pre-existing conditions. Donald Trump listed listed the two Michigan state senators office phone numbers at the state capitol in Lansing and urged supporters to, quote, get them to do the right thing or vote them the hell out of office. End quote. What's the right thing? Lie. What, what's the right thing? Lie for you. Go. What's the right thing? C- uh, uh, commit crimes. Lie. Uh, create false votes for you. What's, what's the right thing? This is a sick man. Quote, the truth will come out in rhinos. That's publicans in name only. But Donald Trump is not a Republican. He's not a conservative. He, 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 he's a Trumpist. That's he, he only cares about himself. He's a Trumpist. Quote, the truth will come out and rhinos will pay at the polls, especially with primary voters and expected challenges. Donald Trump said, referring to Republicans in name only a pejorative, uh, a pejorative term to many Republicans. Now, Michigan Republicans who control the Michigan state legislature have for weeks debated a series of new voting restrictions. Now, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who's a who's a Democrat, luckily, has said she will veto the legislation. But Michigan, but Michigan allows citizens to circumvent the governor by collecting three hundred forty thousand forty seven signatures. Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson a Democrat as well, said on Wednesday that she hoped Republican lawmakers would use the report to, quote, cease their attempts, cease their attempts to deceive citizens with misinformation and abandon legislation based on the lies that undermine our democracy. Our Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson says she hopes that the that that the report uh, will have, uh, she hopes Republican lawmakers would use the report to quote, cease their attempts to deceive citizens with misinformation and abandon legislation based on the lies that undermine our democracy, end quote. Now, here's some of the conclusions from the Michigan, uh, 55 page Michigan report that debunk Donald Trump's claims about the election. Now, referring to Antrim County in northern Michigan, where local uh, election officials briefly and inadvertently transposed briefly, briefly and inadvertently transposed voting numbers before correcting them, leading to false conspiracy theories about uh, voting machines. The report suggests that Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel, Dana Nessel, who's a Democrat as well, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel, Nessel should, quote, consider investigating those who have been utilizing misleading and false information about Antrim County to raise money or publicity for their own ends. So they're using the big lie to raise money. Like the $250 million plus that Donald Trump raised 
and and these little groups filing these sixty one plus law sixty one lawsuits that got thrown out of court. They they're they're using the big lie to raise money and pimp people. They said pimping isn't easy. Yes, it is. Well, depends upon who you're pimping. It adds that anyone who promoted the Antrim County theories as the prime evidence of a nationwide conspiracy to steal the election had left, quote, all other statements and actions they make in a position of zero credibility, end quote. Then they talk about um, uh, the Voter Integrity Project, which is a right-wing group. The Voter Integrity Project has has said that 289,866 illegal votes were cast in Michigan. They said 289,866 illegal votes were cast in Michigan. The report's authors called 40 people from the group's list of supposed voters who received absentee ballots without requesting them and found just two and found just two who said they had been sent unrequested ballots. Okay, the report's authors called 40 people from the group's list of supposed voters who received absentee ballots without requesting them and found just two who said they had been sent unrequested ballots. One was on the state's permanent absentee voter list. The other voted absentee in the 2020 primary election and may have forgotten about checking a box then to request an absentee ballot in the general election. So once again, no fraud. The report found that the chaos unfolded. The report found that the chaos that unfolded after election day as votes were counted at the TCF Center in Detroit. Now, the TCF Center is in downtown Detroit. OK, it used to be Cobo Hall. I live like four minutes away from the TCF center. I drove down around that area. And at, at one point, at one point when I drove down there, the police had the street blocked off. So you couldn't even get there anymore. And there was chaos going, going on. There was one group saying, count all the votes. There's another group saying, stop, stop counting the votes. Stop, stop to steal all this nonsense. The report found that the chaos that unfolded after election day, as votes were counted at the TCF Center in downtown Detroit, was the fault of Republican operatives, was the fault of Republican operatives who called on supporters to protest the count. Quote, the Wayne County, now Wayne County is the county that Detroit is in, okay? And Detroit is the largest city in, in the state of Michigan. The Wayne County Republican Party and other independent other independent organizations ought to issue a repudiation of the actions of certain individuals that created a panic and had untrained and unnumbered persons descend on the TCF Center, end quote, the report states. Then they talk about Dominion voting system. And the conspiracy theories floating around about the Dominion voting system. 
Now, claims that, that Dominion voting now Dominion voting system is suing a lot of these people. OK, for uh, for, for these lies they've been spreading. All right. Rudy Giuliani got hit with a lawsuit. Uh, Fox News. OK, claims that Dominion voting system machines in Michigan and other states had been hacked to change results were false. The report said. Mr. McBroom called uh, Georgia officials to investigate claims made by Jovan Pulitzer, who said he had access to manipulate vote counts. Jovan Pulitzer's testimony, quote, has been demonstrated to be untrue and a complete fabrication. The report said, OK, Mr. Pulitzer's testimony has been demonstrated to be untrue and a complete fabrication. The report said. Quote, he did not at any time have access to data or votes, let alone have the ability to manipulate the counts directly or by the introduction of malicious software software to the tabulators. Nor could he spot fraudulent ballots from non fraudulent ones, nor could he spot fraudulent ballots from non fraudulent ones. Then you have Mike Lindell, the my pillow guy who's on Fox News, who's on Newsmax, just lying his little heart out. He looks like he needs to go take a nap on one of his pillows. Of Mike Lindell's wide-ranging claims of fraud and impropriety in vote counting systems, the report states that, quote, this narrative is ignorant of multiple levels of the actual election process, end quote, before embarking on a lengthy, lengthy debunking of Mike Lindell's claims. They said, quote, this narrative is ignorant of multiple levels of the actual election process. Now, the article from New York Times was on to say, while Donald Trump claimed that more votes had been cast in the city of Detroit than people who live in the city of Detroit. Why'd you pick on Detroit, Donald Trump? Why'd you pick on Detroit? Why'd you pick on Detroit, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Milwaukee? I, I, can't, I, I don't understand what they all have in common. While Benedict Donald claimed that more votes have been cast in Detroit than people who live in Detroit, and there are about 255,000 Votes cast in Detroit. The report found that turnout in the city of Detroit was under 50% of eligible voters and about 37% of its population. So he lied. This is about my, he lied. Then they had talked about ballots being secretly dumped and all this nonsense. You have to wonder where they get all these conspiracy theorists from. No ballots were secretly dumped at the Detroit voting count at the Detroit vote counting center. They're talking about down at the TCF center. They said, oh, the votes were somebody bringing in a cart full of a wagon full of, of fraudulent votes and things like this. Just lying once again. Quote, a widely circulated picture in the media and online reports allegedly showed ballots secretly being delivered late at night. But in reality, it was a photo of a WXYZ Channel 7. TV photographer hauling his equipment, hauling in his equipment, the report states. 
just one lie after another being debunked. So read this article here from New York Times. Michigan Republicans debunk voter fraud claims in unsparing report. These are not Democrats debunking the claims. These are Republicans debunking the claims. Just, just, just one lie after another. So check, uh, check that out also. All right. Uh, if you like this type of information, you can support the African History Network. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Then also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. When you do it through Cash App, uh, be sure to type in dollar sign the AHN show, S H O W. We have our official Cash App account uh, up here. Our, our um, Cash App tag is dollar sign the AHN show, S H O W. These other ones here are fake. Uh, ours, it shows my name. It says Michael and it shows my picture there. We have six days a week. Uh, this helps us keep doing the broadcast, uh, keep doing the research, stay on the air, pay some of the bills, etc. Uh, you can support us through Cash App uh, or through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show, or at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Uh, be sure to register for the online course that I teach, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what it didn't teach you in school. We have uh, class number one starting up on uh, Sunday, uh, July 4th, the 4th of July. So even if you go to a cookout or something, you can sit there and then join us in class and eat your barbecue or eat your uh, uh, salad or whatever it is. You can see me. I can't see you. Okay. Uh, we do the classes live. We have a live chat. You can ask questions. We have a live text chat. So once again, you can be there in your pajamas or what have you. You can see me. I can't see you. So you don't have to worry about that. But we deal with thousands of years of history. And we deal with what led up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. Uh, we deal with the 800 year occupation of Europe by the Africans known as the Moors. And when we deal with the transatlantic slave trade, we can't start in the 15th century, we have to deal with a chronology of history that leads up to uh, the transatlantic slave trade taking place. Okay. So we can better understand this and this helps us understand what's taking place here today. I can take you from mid 15th century and bring you all the way up to what's taking place today and show you a sequence of uh, events. So uh, this is a visual presentation. We have uh, articles, video clips, book references, guest speakers. We do the class live. All the sessions are recorded. Uh, so you can go back and watch it over and over again as well. Okay. So that's ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school. Uh, and even after the class is over, if you still have access to the course, it's on sale now, $80 regularly. Um, uh, regularly $130. And when you uh, register for this course, you're also going to get, in addition to being uh, enrolled in the Saturday course as well, that meets at 12 noon, we have three more sessions of the Saturday course. You're also going to get uh, a digital download of my latest lecture dealing with um, uh, the history of Juneteenth. 
Okay, you're going to get that. I'm going to email you that digital download of uh, my latest lecture dealing with um, the uh, history of Juneteenth. Okay, and we have that available at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, uh, as well as in uh, digital download format and uh, DVD format. Uh, Juneteenth, uh, Emancipation Day, not Independence Day. Okay, and I did this presentation on uh, June 16th, uh, 2021. It's a deep presentation and it, uh, it deals with the importance of the Juneteenth, uh, understanding the history and how we have to correct the history and protect the history, but also deal with the Juneteenth federal holiday and the importance of that. That's a powerful weapon for us to use to force this conversation dealing with history and all these other policies and bills that we're dealing with the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act the For the People Act Voting Rights Bill, uh, reparations, all this, all this is connected to Juneteenth. It is not separate from Juneteenth. People that think it's separate don't understand history. It's, it's directly related to it. I, I, uh, one of my teachers, Dr. Claude, Ann, uh, not Dr. Claude, uh, Dr. Leonard Jeffries called me a couple of days ago. And we were talking, as I sent Dr. J the interview that um, um, Angela Matthews did on the Urban um, News Network with me, Urban Information uh, Network. And I was talking about how powerful the Juneteenth federal holiday is if we use it correctly. And he agreed with me. He said this. He said, this is our time. This is a powerful holiday, but we have to use it correctly. Just like any weapon, just like any weapon, you have to be properly trained on how to use the rep weapon. Otherwise, you can blow your brains out. But this is a powerful weapon because this causes us. This causes. Uh, a conversation about a history. And it's a massive history lesson that America has to have. This forces a conversation about a history that Republicans are passing bills in state legislatures to suppress the teaching of that history. And understanding that history is, is tied to everything else that's going on. All these policies, all these bills, the racial wealth gap, the um, uh, African-American homes being valued at $156 billion less than comparable white homes. All this is connected to history. So that that that's why the Juneteenth federal holiday is so powerful. But we have to use it correctly and we have to understand the history. We have to correct the history of Juneteenth because a lot of there's misinformation floating around about the history. And I deal with that in my presentation, my lecture. We have to correct the history and protect the history as well. All right. That's going to do it for us. Remember, right now is correct. Wrong behavior is not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes. Black on Purpose Television Network. All black, all positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30 plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network, subscribe now. For 25 years, the Black History 101 Mobile Museum has carried on the rich legacy of the Black Museum movement in America by showcasing original artifacts of the Black experience at colleges, universities, K-12 schools, corporations, libraries, conferences, and cultural events. 
making it the most traversed black history mobile exhibit in American history. Dr. Khalid El Hakim is the founder of the Black History One-on-One Mobile Museum, and he is a highly sought-after public speaker on topics of black history, social studies, education, museum studies, hip-hop, and race relations. Dr. Khalid was named among the change makers for NBC Universal's Erase the Hate campaign and listed as one of the 100 men of distinction for black enterprise. He recently founded the Michigan Hip Hop Archive on the campus of Western Michigan University. The Black History One-on-One Mobile Museum is currently scheduling in-person and virtual exhibits nationwide. For more information, please contact Dr. Khalid Al-Hakim directly at 313-645-4197, 313-645-4197, or visit their website at blackhistorymobilemuseum.com. That's blackhistorymobilemuseum.com. You can also email him at bhistory101 at yahoo.com, bhistory101 at yahoo.com. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson. President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting, LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365, and Surface tablets, Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215 879-6701. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that'll satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted, empower yourself. Start your free trial today. We all know the cannabis industry is headed toward an uprise in the past decade. What happens when there is a brand that brings this uprise in a blow? The cannabis industry welcomes her uprise. Hustle Her Hemp. Delivering excellence with pride is her watchword, and how you choose to embrace it makes it a priority. From cultivating rich cannabis into exquisite and tastefully finished CBD products to delivery, Hustler Hemp leaves no stone unturned. Hustler Hemp's mission is to empower women of color by building business and creating legacies, uniting beauty, health, and business. We are a pure definition of how we want the CBD industry to become in the future. While we are redefining innovation, we bring the same energy to improving the quality of life. Hustle Her Hemp is the new Uprise. 